You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 346th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in the city beautiful Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. <sighs> it's good to be back. Yeah. Back, we got the band back together. We got us all back together. Which is good that we got us back together this weekend, you guys, because it is the 13th anniversary of LGR Team Domination and Big Matt's super success at the Memorial Weekend Day Duluth Classic, whatever it's called. 13th anniversary, yeah. Has it been 13 years that we've been resting on the laurels of that one weekend of our bike racing career? (laughs) Yeah, it's 13 years, which means that that win is now about to go into middle school, where it's going to meet a win from the one-twos and get bullied. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it does have backup because Little Guy Racing that year did win the Category 4 stage race and the Category 3 stage race. Yes, that's true. So, but I mean, really, like when you got to go against the, the cool kids that were the one twos, they're going to be like big and tough and already have facial hair. And then the four mm-hmm. five one's going to be like, hey, Cat 3 team, meet me in nerd class later. I mean, it's not going to go well. But after a few years, they're going to come out the victors anyway because the one twos will all get busted for doping and eventually we'll get upgraded to the one-two win or something. And really, it's all about the, the friends you made along the way. I mean, yep. at the rate this podcast is going, well, I mean, I can't wait to celebrate year 20 of this glorious run down yeah. memory lane. Um, <laughs> I can't wait either. Well, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad little guy was here with the big cycling stories of the week. Yeah. You know? That's uh, the biggest thing. Off. That happened. I thought I you guys were going to ask, like, "Hey, Tim, where were you?" and all that. So I did do my first trip to. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll just go right into this. Okay, okay. Are you going to oh, ask? Oh, Tim, where Tim, where were you? Where were you last weekend? Went out, to, went out Seattle? to Seattle. Talked okay. to to a lot of cool bike shops. Saw a lot of bike shops. Drove around Seattle. Really hilly. Happy I don't live there. Rainy, cold, fifty five degrees on a nice summer day. But I did go into probably one of my favorite named bike shops of all time. Um, okay. Uh, just south of Seattle, I believe, in the town of Renton, there is a bike shop called Go Huck Yourself, which specializes okay. in downhill free ride, BMX, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 12 o'clock boy. I, I loved it. It's really cool. Do you cool. think that, that name translates to the average... Joe Schmo walking down the street who needs a bike or do they not carry like a townie bike? <laughs> really like the townie the, bikes are the I, the four year old downhill bikes. I'm pretty sure so, the okay. word huck does not translate to the average person walking down the street. Okay. And they're probably a little disappointed when there's a giant sign that tells them to go huck themselves. But yeah, intriguing. They did they do tend to abbreviate GHY kind of all over. I will say that go huck yourself is my second favorite named bike shop um my favorite named bike shop there are actually i know of four in the u.s and that is just jra cycles i think just jra bikes jra 
Bikes and Brew. Anybody that uses JRA in their bike shop name is one of my favorites. Uh, or is my favorite, sorry, for just riding along. It's yeah. just such a classic, classic mm-hmm. thing. That's is mm-hmm. Now, do you also feel this way like when you go into a town and you need to go to a coffee shop? Do you just look for the common grounds? Yeah. Well, that's the... That's kind of the thing, right? Is there there are a lot of bike shops with horrible names like that are all the same. Like there's a lot of cycle therapies, lots of the you know the the peddler you know things like that. A lot that. of bike peddlers. A lot yeah. of the bike peddlers, bike the bike shop is a very common one. Um gets to the point. You know, the spokesman, you know, like or whatever. Spokesman. Like there's there's lots of punny punny names out there oh, so. you don't i love a good punny name i'm a hundred times more likely to go to your punny business than the non-pun business uh, okay mm. well Just anyways saying. it was uh it was eventful it was nice to get back out um and uh travel and go see the wonderful world of bikes so i apologize i wasn't here but your episode graced my airwaves when i was on the plane and i slept beautifully good i'm <laughs> glad wow yeah well how do we get help timmy in your travels did you get a chance to watch any of the amazing third week of the Giro? i know it's a week too long for you generally so maybe you didn't tune in but um the I rest did. of us i think enjoyed it yes i enjoyed it saw a couple of great things one was um adam yates was doing yates brothers type things uh yeah. looking pretty mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. with his eventual um you know second right. or sorry third place simon finish because uh simon yates simon yeah i get it mixed up yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yes, I know. Simon Yates. Um, yeah, I mean, it was fun to see. I had absolutely no problems with it. I like the the <laughs> eventful um, mountain stages. I watched a couple of like um, highlight packages yeah. at the where it was compressed while on the road, and yeah, mm-hmm. I could see why it was pretty exciting. Like you, little guy, I want to know why Breathe Right straps or Br- Breathe Right's uh, nose straps, straps. are yeah. back. Like, I thought it was like a mid-90s thing. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I felt like they went away for a while, and now you can't watch a mountain stage or a time trial without people sticking those things on, which I understand the logic if they actually work. Uh, But also, breathe right. Uh, Step up. Sponsor a team. At least go in on a women's team, man. Come on, you know. Um, Right, right. But before we move on from... I'll go with Spencer. I got more about nasal strips. Okay, in case good. You guys no, no, were please. Wanting to move on. I, no, I, no, I, I don't want to move know. on. I, I had something uh, slightly off topic, but go ahead. Well, see, in the in the hunt for marginal gains, you may remember that Chris Froome, um, forego he like forsook the uh, the nasal strip, the classic nasal nasal strip, and moved to more modern technology, which mm-hmm. was the turbine insert. Oh yeah, the oh, that's yellow. Right like septum ring looking thing that you put up like Uh each nostril at the same time. Um, So he had that going on for a couple years, which was pretty incredible. Must've worked well because nobody uses it now and we're back to the breather right strips. But um, just wanted to throw that memory lane out uh, in case you guys had forgotten. That was a super solid shout. There's always weird stuff. Like is everybody, is everybody hot on the beach juice anymore? (laughs) Or was that just like a two year phase, you know? That's gotta be out. Yeah. The beach juice. And to, to be fair, the only reason I remember the turbine is because I happen to work for a distributor <laughs> in the cycling industry in this country. I, I, I didn't do think remember. that the beet juice, the things that stick around are the things that you can't really talk about. You know, ketones, 
Like you're like, well, I don't really know much about ketones, <laughs> like how they work, or the B- you know, the like, B- oh, is that just legal? too legal and too um, too too normal? It's too accessible. Just can't be now, that good if it's that accessible. Now, little guy, I was not talking to you this past week, not out of like. No, I mean, I know we were in a big fight. I mean, let's pull back the curtain here. I mean, you really offended me last week, and I was like, I'm not talking to Tim. I'm just joking. Um, But how excited were you when American Dan Martin um, took a stage win? Was that the highlight of your week? (laughs) Uh, uh, No, I wasn't that excited, truthfully. Really? (laughs) Really? Yeah. The dad dad of the Peloton, Dan Martin, named American, Uh, wins a stage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nothing. I'm glad he got a stage win. That's nice. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I expect he, a little more out of hit, him, GC-wise. I was a little disappointed. That's what he didn't thinking. hit any traffic furniture. Yeah. It, it, That's this true. This is like a new... He's a new man. That's true. He. I mean, he did have that the one gravel stage where he basically let the kids go and uh, griped about them being on his lawn. And I found that annoying enough to... Not be super excited about him later in the race. I understand his not wanting to take the risk, uh, but also uh, people complaining about gravel and races. I think are it's a weird to me. But uh, I f- so, I was more into some of the other storylines. You know, you had you guys guys rising in the GC, guys falling. Uh, we had the mm-hmm. the Yates. Well, let's. I mean, let's challenge. Let's get into it. I mean, top line. I mean, let's give Bernal his due. For Obviously, sure. the strongest rider in the tour coming back mm-hmm. from as friend of the podcast, Michael Bonheimer um, pointed out a horrible soft sophomore slump, right? Like just a, a horrible off year comes you back know, yeah. and, and wins the Giro. And I know you're going to find um, a needle to pick and a, you know, a, a yarn to pull and undo the sweater here. Yeah. But <laughs> no, the, I, I was going to take issue with Michael's uh, characterization as his as in his tweet. He he said that the tour win was the the blue album from Weezer. The yeah. the failed attempt at the tour was Pinkerton, and then this was the green album. Now I do not own the green album because I I think I heard one or two songs off it and I thought they were oh, crap. Say it ain't so. so. I will no. It is crap. Pinkerton <laughs> yeah. is a hundred times better, and I'm laying it down right here. Tim Pinkerton is much better. I do not find this a fair characterization of Pinkerton. I believe Pinkerton is at least a Giro or possibly a Volta win. It's not a tour win, but the Green Album. I'm the Green Album is like Torino, at best. Pinkerton mm. is one of the worst albums of all time. It is not one of the worst albums yes. of all time. It is a good album. Just because Rivers Como doesn't like it or whatever his name is, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> It's a Only good in your dreams, little guy, is that album better than the Blue <laughs> Album. All right? I am so tired of this. I'm I have a copy you... of it in my garage, Tim. I'm not going to let you just keep pulling this thread. Um, so let's just uh, let's <laughs> just get back to the, the good news is that Bernal, you know what? Well done. Bravo to him for taking the victory. Ain't no shame in winning your second Grand Tour and having it be a separate Grand Tour, following in the um, footsteps of... Uh, overpriced racer Chris Froome. Um, but it is great to see. It was a great win. It was a fabulous win. For Very dominating. Yeah. Couple stage wins. Uh, the team was strong. Let's go into some other cool storylines. Yates. I think Yates actually performed okay. You know, on the podium, not too bad. I liked it. Now, Ooh, Damiano Caruso 
clearly is better than Miguel, Mikel uh, Landa. And now mm-hmm. uh, we have once again Mikel Landa finding himself uh, no longer a Team GC leader. It's, it's beautiful. Is it really no isn't fault it? of his own. I mean, I think that's probably no. the worst part about it. But when you think about it, Landa's an exciting rider. Caruso's <laughs> not usually a very exciting rider. He'd gotten other top tens. It's kind of insane that no team had just had him plug along for a higher result in the past as a leader. You know what I mean? Like, he's a very consistent guy. I think he got 10th in the tour last year or the year before while working for someone, you know, working. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of crazy he hadn't got a shot to really lead in a Zibeldi-esque faction. he just never been on the right team for it. It's also crazy that he hadn't had a chance to lead and Landa gets unlimited opportunities it seems to like go for gc mm-hmm. and just flail around and do stuff and i think land is a very exciting rider but man i don't know what well let, let's just let's just keep uh going well spencer how do you feel about landa crashing out do you think he would have been better than caruso i do i think he looks no, pretty n- good n- no uh maybe but i'm starting to think Landa's one of these guys that I want to classify as not a grand tour guy. Like, if he focused on one-week tours and stuff, he would absolutely crush it yeah. and just be, like, super famous for that. And maybe, like, you know, maybe leave the uh, the grand tours, the three-week tours, yeah. the one-week too-long tours to uh, to the other guys. He, he doesn't have three weeks of luck. Right. Yeah. No, he does not have... Uh, he has a cat with like five lives left. Yeah, like he, he cannot string three weeks together. It's just it's just not mm-hmm. possible. The forms there, I, all the all the numbers say three weeks. The luck does not. The, the, he pees in the wrong magic fountain. He doesn't have the right monkey's paw. All the all the random tropes. He doesn't. He can't do it. So, a year ago at this time, the three of us were thoroughly enjoying the movie star Netflix documentary where. It was all about yeah. Landa versus Caruso or versus Carapaz, apologies, <laughs> versus uh, Valverde and Nairo. Yeah. Um, well, now Damn. there's season two. So I think we may have to do some, uh, you know, book report um, work amongst mm-hmm. the three of us to talk about that in like a week or two's time. Because even though Landa's not on the team, I bet it's amazing. Tim, is your Netflix password still the same? Yeah, still okay. Just, just want to make sure. Yeah, make a quick note of that. I'll put that in the show notes for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know. Speaking of that, um, I saw f- people talking about that on on Twitter this week, um, suggesting, and I think rightfully so, and uh, enough for me to bring it up on this podcast. That uh, I'm hoping season three uh, gets greenlit for this movie star um, docu series, and I hope it focuses on the movie star women's team because they're actually getting some results and doing a lot of good things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this movie star men's team, uh, I feel like I've seen season one, I've seen season two. You know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, very, very missing from this race. They uh, they were, at least especially after Solaire dropped out, uh, their highest place rider in 22nd on GC. So, so overall, yeah. another thing that stuck out to me was um, a fantastic tour for uh, – you know, education first, slipstream, Garmin, whatever you want to call it, with um, three top <laughs> I mean, ten results with uh, Hugh Carthy it's education in first. eighth place. You have Dan Martin in tenth place, and you have um, Daniel <laughs> Martinez in fifth. I mean, just yeah. a wonderful job. Jonathan Vodders sure knows how to pick him. Oh, man. Uh, Martinez really 
uh, stepped it up with those marginal gains or larger salary, whatever. He was he was the MVP, which I'd is say. a little amazing. Is that um... he was really good last year? He crashed early in one of the Grand yeah. Tours last year, yeah, and yeah. and I think he would have had a different result otherwise. Obviously, he won the Dauphine last year, so he's what's good. amazing is he got fifth and he still got third overall in the uh, amateur or like best young rider competition. Yeah. Um, you know, good luck catching uh, Bernal, I guess, and uh, um, Vlasov. Vlasov. Yep. But the, you know, overall, it was a, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty cool to see um, those three. I, I, I do wonder if Daniel Martinez is just yet another guy to throw into the Idios GC grinder. Like, oh, like who are they going to choose to have these races? Their secondary team could win the tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their third team could win the tour. I mean, their third team might win the tour. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. That's true. Uh, one crazy thing is that in the top 10, there's five of the top 10 uh, were in that white jersey competition. Foss, Almeida, I yeah. think, uh, Martinez, Vlasov, and obviously Bernal. I kind of think that competition needs to go away. Uh, they could. It absolutely Well, it should go to the oldest competition. It should go to, right? We've talked about this, like the 30 yeah. plus. Caruso race. Masters jersey. Yeah, Caruso Masters won jersey. the Masters jersey then. <laughs> like, like who would have won the Masters? You know, Dan um, Martin. No, Caruso what, won it. Bardet's got it. I mean, how old's Bardet? He's thirty. He's 30. Yeah. yeah, that's not old enough for Masters. <laughs> I like yeah, that. You got to have more I'm than just, one person in the race. You know, like I, mm. I, I guess Nibali's in the race. Yeah, Nibali would have been the oldest, so, but, but certainly twenty-five. Is far too old yeah. for a white jersey. For like 22. Okay. So how would we fix this? Just go to 23? Like guys or guys just... are at their peak, you know, at like 28 or whatever and retiring at 30. <laughs> are you going to go to 25 so, with, yeah. with a youth jersey? It's crazy. Now, the UCI says that you can only have so many jerseys in a, in a race competition. I think we're all mm-hmm. in agreement that like the mountains and the points obviously would stick around in the GC. Mm-hmm. So what would you guys put in as like your... Like, how would you replace that? Would you do like the combo jersey for, you know, or do you no. do, remember how they used to do that super, yeah. the super sprint jersey in the Giro where it was like so a, so confusing where it was like, oh, if you had the, the lowest time and these sprints on the first half of each stage or something like, yeah, what would you put? I think just, I think for I think starters, master's you, jersey actually would be the best one. Masters would be funny, but if you just take the youth jersey and you just pull a couple years off it i think i think that's the best way yeah, to yeah, start yeah. even just make it 20 make it 23 since we have a u23 ranks any rider that jumps sense. to the pros before they do the u23 is in in for this jersey it's still a little crazy because guys are so young i mean i don't even know how old hugh carthy he might be that young too i haven't even looked i think i would uh, replace the youth jersey with the dark horse jersey it would be a black jersey um, and I know historically there's been like a last place Lantern Rouge black jersey, but that was like a hundred years ago. So we're <laughs> we're moving on. We're doing dark horse jersey, and it's based on the betting odds the day the tour starts. And if you are ranked outside of the top twenty, but you are inside of the top twenty, um, highest up, then you get to wear the black jersey for being the highest place dark horse in the race. Hmm. So speaking of that last place jersey, it was Ricardo Manali, five and a half hours down, and he had a six-minute buffer over um, a rider from Kofidis, Viviani, but not that Viviani. Brother Viviani, <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. 
Um, before we move on, you guys, I want to address something that I've been meaning to get off my chest. And it's about oh. Simon Yates's chest. How come he's the only GC rider that has chest hair? He's got to make the UCI weight minimum. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of uh, like that old Cannondale Super 6 bike where they used to make the big deal about the uh, glue and the weights on the top tube. Okay. Um, he actually, uh, you know, has to grow out the chest hair, so he has that extra, you know, six, seven ounces. Yeah. Okay. All I mean, right. What are you I, expecting, little guy? Like, are you, do, do you want them to, you know, I mean, as you guys know, I mean, I, you know, the, the old super Wookiee comes out to play every now and then. I, I waited to say that till Spencer took a drink of water so he could just spray yeah, that all gross. over his <laughs> uh, computer. But, um, you know, like what, what do you want them to, to go all out or do you just like the little, the little bit of the touch of the, uh, uh the no, no. Um, it's just an interesting, weird, uh, uh, we stare at their bodies for three weeks sort of thing to note, but it's been uh-huh. in my mind that I notice uh-huh. when everyone's uh, going full schleck up in the mountains, I can't think of any GC riders that have chest hair. Maybe I'm you know, not thinking about it. Maybe I'm not thinking about it. I'm just, I'm just saying like, I'm like, that's funny. They all seem to probably shave their chests except for the so, Yates brothers, except maybe well, Adam does. I don't, I don't Marginal know. Gains. I don't know if that's exactly true little guy, because as we just noted, more than half of the top 10 were in the U25 uh, competition. <laughs> That's true. So the, these guys might not be capable. Now, That's Simon true. Yates is an old man of the Peloton at 28, 28 old. and uh, can certainly hold it down in that regard. Um, the only other contender up there is Roman Bardet, and he's French, so you know he's not going <laughs> to go without a wax for more than three weeks. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. As as a as an army. Uh, Part Armenian. I'm. I'm. I gotta check into to see if there's any Armenian uh, cyclists coming up because they're gonna have to become your favorite little guy. Oh yeah, no, I'm all. I'm all for it. <laughs> it's. It's a weird thing I've been thinking um, about. So yeah, I, th- yeah. I think we've. Well, I'm, uh, I'm happy you. We've, you've kept that thought for the last week or so. <laughs> we've. We've come across. We've stumbled across what little guy's uh, replacement jersey would be. Uh, yeah. Apparently, the brown jersey for the hairiest rider yeah. in the top ten. First chest, um, man. And finally, on the uh, the Giro talk, uh, let's give a shout out to Lorenzo Fortunato of Elo Cometa for gaining 16th place with a valiant time trial today in which he lost two spots to win 16th place over David Formolo by just 10 seconds. Amazing, Amazing. work. That's I, pro. That's incredible. pro. If anybody has a contact for the Elo uh, Cometa team, uh, let me know. It's actually a good-looking jersey. I wouldn't mind buying that jersey. And uh, if any of our listeners are actually over in uh, Europe and you're able to get a Lorenzo Fortunato um, drop for our Prem Lap, we would absolutely love that. Actually, if anybody has drops from uh, yeah, yeah, pro racers, just send it cool. our way. Especially uh, if they don't I, listen to us. Tim, that team wants you to buy the bike. The main reason they exist is so you buy their bike. Right. Because it's Basso and, and Contador's bike. Bikes, they're right. Well, cool. anyway, Jiro's done, you guys. It's time <laughs> for the tour talk. It's officially tour season. The Dauphine has started today. And were you guys offended that the Dauphine started on the last day of the Giro? I felt like it was another instance of big ASO stepping on little baby RCS's feet, and I am offended. And I plan to not be offended in two seconds where I get excited for tour time. You guys, it's tour time. You know, 
I hadn't really considered the Dauphine and the Giro overlap until you brought it up. And uh, I was prepared to be offended, but really, I think this last stage of the Giro actually kept kept things spicy enough that I forgot there was another race even happening. Yeah, I didn't watch so, the Dauphine. Was it just the... <laughs> at all. But, yeah. Was it just the spiciness of the of the of the the flat tire well i think you know no it was it was the overall excitement of uh uh cars and time trials mixing together is okay. just, just kept it spicy seat kind of stuff you know mm-hmm I do think that the the Ghana um, poise on the flat tire to then still win the time trial was ridiculous. Um, to just pull over on the side of the road, get the mm-hmm. the full bike swap, and then uh, keep going. That's um, why he's the world champ, man. So, little guy going into the Dauphiné, um, mm. and big ASO. So is a- so ASO in the power rankings. ASO obviously gets the biggest piece of chicken at the family uh, dinner table. RCS is probably number two, and then three is right. Flanders. <laughs> Flanders Classics just kind of hanging out, and then maybe the UCI is four because no one yeah. cares what the UCI says, I guess. <laughs> probably, and then just the random promoters. I just thought it was – I mean, I know the tours bumped up this year, but it felt uh, a little funny to start doing the tour warm-up races on the last day of the Giro. Um like stepping on the toes a little bit, though I will uh, not be offended tomorrow when I am fiending for bike racing, feeling like so I'm what having is there, withdrawal. So this is the type of race that you think like a Landa could win because it's only seven days, Spencer, the Dauphiné. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like he's got the quality to win bike races. He just doesn't have the luck to string <laughs> it together for twenty stages or whatever. Like that is uh, that is the crux of the whole situation. So yeah. this is, um, I'm assuming, like a Richie Port uh, or Valverde race to win. Maybe Moss. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm hoping Valverde, obviously. Uh, uh, Moss would be a dream. I I want to see that guy uh, really come into his own and, and become it, the next GC threat. Is this the basically just fine-tuned for Garen Thomas just to make sure that he's the number one favorite going into the tour, little guy? Because you want to talk about tour so is that what this is the garrett thomas show yeah yeah though you know i'm 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 putting my Ineos money behind the hackney hedgehog personally uh for tour leadership no i think i think g's got it um uh, it's somewhere in the book i'm sure you have a quote about it you know it's like when the <laughs> it's uh, on the other side of the room right now i don't feel like getting up to <laughs> to actually grab that but uh i do i do nice. appreciate that um no so to answer your first question little guy I was not at all um, bummed out by the Daphne <laughs> starting because okay. I I was actually out riding, so it wasn't the the end of the world. But um, you know, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll see I, what happens when it hits the hills. Right, we'll hit the hills tomorrow. There's some kind <laughs> yeah. of fun stuff going on, but it's not you know, it's a little oh. bit of craziness. So yeah, yeah, it's just crazy to me that we're so close to the tour already. Um, and I got to get all my I mean, yellow stuff. It's not out. even June, little guy. It's not even June. We're not it that close yet. Every, it happens earlier and earlier every year. It's tour preview <laughs> creep. That's why it had to creep into Giro time this year. We're we're already into the buildup, man. Yeah, well, type time. I mean, this is important because the Dauphiné 
as always, is the best predictor for Tour de France results. You always tell and us, yeah. Anybody, anybody who finishes first through fifth in this race is not going to do well at the Tour. That is a guarantee. Yeah. Um, so we are looking carefully at uh, sixth through about 13th or so um, for our true contenders. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, who's to say? So Louis Mentes is going to be you, looking really good <laughs> at the you, 2021 Tour de France. You do remember, Spencer, that last year uh, a guy named um, Pogacar got fourth at the Dauphin. Kind of slightly distorting your 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 theory. Didn't win. Certainly wasn't on the podium. Oh, I'm just saying he got, I mean, he got fourth. Must have been dumb luck. Yeah, yeah. He that wasn't he that. moved up a spot or two. Well, no, that's true. It's arguments like this where we need to take it to the court of arbitration and sport. And who better to be the one to tell us who's right and who's wrong? And friend of the podcast, Michael Matthews, for this week's Prem Lab. So remember that, and uh, yeah, enjoy your Starride podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Prem Lab. So excited to see everybody once again. I know I was gone last week, but the entire time, the plane was comfortable because I was wearing my Buckler Skin Care <laughs> Miracle Wap Chamois Cream. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. It has more uses than there. I knew. I was... That's great. Head over to bucklerskincare.com for the best chamois cream in the business. Trust me, it's amazing. Get the large tub, especially if you're yeah. flying um, cross country. Uh, bucklerskincare.com. And as always, we have continuing um, partnership with our friends at Grimper Brothers for the Grimper Brothers mm-hmm. Coffee. Head over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to get two of your very own coffee blends. Yeah. Absolutely. And of course, a even better, more direct way to support uh, what we're doing here at this podcast and all of our friends across the network is to head over to wideanglepodium.com. And, uh, you know, check out the donate tab and become a member if that is something that, uh, you want to do, um, because we're, we're always, uh, trying to push the limits here of what is acceptable for cycling, uh, media <laughs> and, um, along with all of our friends on the network. Pretty sure we're right up to the limit. Um, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but also on the wide angle podium network. And one of the shows that you can, um, choose to, to support is the Grodio who came out with their long-awaited follow-up episode mm. preview of the um, Unbound Gravel Grinder, UG for short, just rolls off the tongue. Um, that was dropped this week. And as always, you're going to have all of the best from Cycross Radio. Um, Rob continues to just throw down on Crit Beef um, at Criterium Nation. It's fantastic to see. And Zach and Nowhere Fast are always uh, um, on there. And shout out to friend of the pod, Jonathan Crane, for showing up on Nowhere Fast, representing Birmingham, Alabama, one of the fastest guys um, I've ever um, oh. come across, uh, mm-hmm. doing you know, doing the good work in Birmingham. Tim, um, I don't know if people appreciate how, like, Nowhere Fast, how legit those guys are. Because we had just a few weeks ago a wide angle podium uh, like Zoom meetup call where we all kind of got together and just hung out. And both Kevin and Zach from that show showed up on the Zoom call riding the trainer. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> 
KBH on the full trainer was good. And he, you know, he was ready to go. He had his, uh, he had his like green screen behind him with all his like sponsors oh. listed out. It was amazing. It was, uh, what a, what a, what a good guy. Yeah. Talk about walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, yeah. If you have any passing interest and even zero interest in Zwift racing is worth checking out because it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, with that, head over to WideAnglePodium.com and find out how you can donate and support the Wide Angle Podium Network. Keep these shows on the air. And if you so choose, you can buy us a beer through a donation. And with that, let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Hugh Carthy from Education First Cross Cycling, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, we got our first email. This one comes to us from Jeff Diefenbach. Five stars in the immortal words of Montoya from The Princess Bride. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. I refer, of course, to the handful of SRP commenters who randomly object to the injection of politics. I listen religiously and have yet to encounter politics on the pod. Human decency? Oh, sure, you're guilty of that. But politics? Meh. Well, in support, Jeff Diefenbach. Thank you Thank so you. much for the email, Jeff. Appreciate it. Um, we like being seen as good people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And no more politics now. I mean it. Yeah, no more politics. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, visiting Minneapolis advice. This one comes to us from Todd Grassman. Hey, gents. I've been an avid listener for a couple years now. A, wa- a WAP, Wide Angle Podium subscription holder for a good while and a proud wearer of all three of your t-shirts. I finished working Uh. through the hold back catalog about a year ago. And as the leading experts of Minneapolis and St. Paul and all things Velo, Mm. I come to you with a question. I am planning a mountain biking road trip in August. I plan to hit Duluth for a couple days and the UP of Michigan for a few days. Fantastic idea. UP totally chef's kiss. Shout out to Northern Michigan University. Go see the Superior Dome, the world's largest freestanding wooden dome. Yeah. I digress. I drove by it. I plan to spend a night or two in Minneapolis as it's on my route up to and from. So what are some things I should try to do or see in Minneapolis? Good places to ride, good good spots to get dinner or breakfast, that sort of thing. Also, if you're available, I'd be stoked to say hi to Matt. Maybe go grab a bite or eat or something. Matt, you should totally go take him to Theo Earth, right? I might. I might yeah. suggest that, yeah. Yeah. I could also show you those sweet, sweet Shimano 25th anniversary SPD sandals we've talked about <laughs> on Instagram for a while. That back. I want to oh, see. Goodness. That I want to see. Yes, please send pictures. Uh, and this is Todd from Council Bluffs, Iowa. Little guy, I wish I could uh, join you to meeting up with uh, Todd as he comes back. Um, so agreed on the UP, agreed on Duluth, probably got to hit Cayuga. Up in the north, northern part of the state, apparently that's like yeah. the cat's pajamas. Yeah. It's a little out of the way, um, but it is really awesome. Yeah. So know. as you come into the Twin Cities, you got forty-eight hours to do it. The Twin Cities. Um, let's get to it, guys. What are the the things that you have to do? I would assume if you're doing a mountain bike trip, you should probably go see Theo Worth and see the in-town trails that are literally a fifteen-minute ride well, from downtown. I was thinking of suggesting that, but then he's going to go to Duluth and he's going to get yeah. Yeah, those okay. in town trails. And I now I feel kind of embarrassed, you know, like, yeah. Uh... Theodore Worth is like awesome because it exists, but it's not actually like, 
it's I don't know if it's like tourism worthy. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're in town and you want to ride, it's it's certainly fun. But you're right, it's, awesome. it's not Duluth. It's, it's not uh, that. Okay. I mean, I'd say I'd say hit that hit if you're gonna hit that, then you can do a nice recovery spin around the lakes, and you'll be like, wow, this is like a cold Omaha, but better. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I got I'm thinking. I'm thinking you gotta hit uh, the Lebanon uh, trails out there in uh, where are they? Egan. Yeah, but that Egan would be the way to leave, somewhere? right? Like. I guess well, or on the way in. No, you're on your way into town. You've just driven like five hours or whatever. You get into the cities. You spin out the legs a little bit, and then uh, I'm gonna assume I don't even know because I don't drink. But there's about 600 breweries, so there's got to be somewhere you can go in Minneapolis. It's gonna be awesome. There is. Uh, and then you followed up so, with a, uh, some za from Pizza Luce. I w- so Pizza Luce is on my list. Pizza Luce was on my list, and also. Um, if you're riding around town, Todd, you, you have to be wearing the SPD sandals. Two, oh, yeah. there yeah, is a yeah. brewery in northeast Minneapolis that has the Speedway bikes, um, which no, would it's be pretty in, cool. It's in north. It's in, is it north Minneapolis? So it's Speedway Cycles. So they have the bikes that are the, you know, the yeah. one, almost one-to-one gearing where you just mm-hmm. take right-hand or left-hand turns the whole time. It's Unless pretty there's amazing. two. I don't know, but yeah, it's in Bryn Mawr. That's pretty cool. I haven't been there yet. Uh yeah. Well, they depend I, on repeat customers like yourself, little guy. Well, if it's in Bryn Mawr, you could hit that on the way to Theodore. That West would be cool. For yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. That might be fun. I would be down for that, Todd. Uh, Todd, if you come in the middle of the day, <laughs> I'm just going to make you walk two blocks from my house and go to Modern Times. I know Spencer will back that up for a nice lunch oh, yeah. spot. Uh, that would be my choice, even if it wasn't two blocks from my house. But So that is the Royal Foundry. Um, cycle speedway definitely check it out it's a pretty cool anybody in the world should check out the uh, royal foundry um, cycle speedway setup that they have in the backyard it perfectly manicured grass and um, dirt cycling um, mega center in uh, minneapolis so there are things that i think that you should do uh, green on pizza luce i do think a, a ride uh, around like the greenway slash into the cities and just to kind of experience the general oh, yeah. bike infrastructure um would be pretty cool um to see and then uh yeah i i guess i don't it's been a while since i lived there you know go take in a minnesota united game or something i don't know i mean it's a pandemic so you gotta have to choose yeah that one. um i know i'd say totally do a saints game but i have no idea what the uh what the world would be what what's if what they're doing no, 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 no. yeah you just gotta you gotta bring your favorite pro cycling jersey, put it on, and ride up and down the greenway and wave at people. Yeah, with your sandals. Greenway, and you're gonna have a great time. Greenway River Road, do a nice nice loop that way around St. Paul, around Minneapolis. You can do a lot of riding just on trails. If you like coffee, you're gonna like Minneapolis. If you like brunch, you're gonna like Minneapolis. You can't you can't swing a a, a fat bike without hitting a good coffee shop and a good brunch spot. <laughs> yeah. And a nice patio. So yeah. you pretty much can't go wrong anywhere you go in town. Yeah. Um, I I haven't been there in a while, so I actually don't know what did and didn't get burned to the ground last summer. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, you know, some of my knowledge might be uh, a bit dated, but I'm sure, you know, we can uh, we can connect via email and let you uh, let you know what what is still standing. Yeah, I'll. I, not to get political or not anything, to get political. Well, if you don't want to get political, go to Hard Times Cafe. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, just hit up the Seward, the Seward uh, for brunch if you don't want any politics. Uh, you'll be totally <laughs> great. 
<laughs> okay, what I learned watching the Giro. This one comes to us from friend of the pod and frequent emailer David Price. Dear Slow Ride Trifecta, Giro thoughts. I never realized how much you can learn about European culture, European media, and the UCI from watching the Giro for three weeks. Here's what I was surprised <laughs> to learn. Who knew that Dutch folk name their sons after Mexican food's mainstays, such as Taco Vanderhorn? Well, yeah. yeah. Um, who knew that the cycling media has no sense of humor? When Attila Walter ah. wore the pink jersey, they could have touted how Attila the Hungarian had conquered the Giro, but they didn't. Actually, that's actually really well done. I kind of, I kind of like the Attila the Hungarian. They didn't. They didn't do Pretty anything good. on it when uh, Attila was in. Yeah. Who knew that neither the UCI nor the cycling media has the stones to investigate whether there was a connection between former team doctor Richard Freeman and the success of Team Sky? I doubt that if a U.S.-based team or doctor had been involved that the UCI would take the same laissez-faire attitude. Actually, I think that they would. Because <laughs> they, they did do it for about 10 years. <laughs> do you have maybe a little evidence of that? Yeah. It might be a little, uh, really pushing that, uh, you know, the, the U.S. bias of the UCI a little bit too far there. Well, let's hope they've changed their ways. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it depends on who bought the uh, lab equipment, you know, is, is what it comes oh, down to. God, I forgot he donated lab equipment. What a guy. Class. <laughs> Pure class. Hello from Austin. Oh, no. From- it's Lance. No, it's actually oh. from Ed Merritt. <laughs> I got nervous. I was just bad with him, and then he's emailing. Oh, is he a supporter? I mean, oh no. S- subject line $700 preem lap in Austin Cat 4's oh, okay. women's field. A s- I'm go. loving nice. this already. $700 yeah. for the Cat 4 women in Austin, Texas. If there was ever a reason to sandbag, it'd definitely be on this one. And fantastic that this is there because hopefully what i'm about to tell you will make up for austin's nightmarish cross nationals tree debacle from a few years ago i wonder how those trees are doing in austin texas i haven't heard uh, a report from uh cyclocross radio about the heritage trees that uh almost shut or i'm sorry did shut down (laughs) cyclocross nationals in austin texas a few years back i love the heritage trees there are some great people doing great things promoting women's cycling in austin lately the Driveway, our weekly Thursday night crit series, had a women's only mm-hmm. field of over 50 racers last Thursday. How awesome is that? 50 racers. I thought that was impressive. Was awesome. But this week, a crowdfunding campaign was organized to fund the women's Cat 4 Prem. They'll be racing for $700 at a Prem lap. I know this level of social uprising to benefit historically marginalized groups might have triggered some of your less woke listeners, so thanks for getting rid of them in the past few episodes. Just wanted to share some good news that can hopefully inspire others. Ed, this is fantastic news. Thank you so much for sharing. I want to know what happened here because I'm hoping that they put the $700 as a gambler's premium on the the second to last lap, strictly because um, what a horrible, like, choice that you would have to make um if you're gonna oh, i, mean, yeah. I know what i would seven hundred dollars or or five usa cycling points yeah. jeez that's not a hard choice man what would Oof. be really horrible is if they put this 700 dollars <laughs> premium like if there's a breakaway of like three people and then they put it on the field that would be oh. <laughs> that, that that would be horrible the power that one person wields to decide when that preem happens I know. is it's too much for any one person. It, <laughs> I don't know how how you do that. that. 
it feels like a, a Solomon situation where you need to uh, you need to really come up with something clever. Is yeah. the only answer that you do the the ninja preem that our friends uh, Derek Lewis uh, and Cat Six Racing did, where it was just random? So every time across the finish line. Yeah, it was basically a preem every. It was a halfway preem every lap because you thought maybe, yeah, maybe this was the and lap. And the way that they signified it is that they would have a a, um, a shredder on a guitar just play like a, a wonderful riff when you came across, then you knew that you had it. Uh, maybe you could do like a the, the official writes it down and they're the only ones that know pre race like what mm. lap it's going to be and then that's how $700 is doled out. I don't know. Either way, it's fantastic. Congrats to the Austin Driveway with, uh, with, series. With a budget like that, you could probably get Chris Angel to stand on the on the finish line <laughs> and like draw the card and it was like in his pocket the whole time of what what lap it was going to oh, be. Yeah. And so it could be proven that the you know, that he knew the whole time. <laughs> Gentlemen, this email comes to us from Alex Bond in Seattle, Washington. Alex, why didn't you want to hang out when I was there? Come on, man. World Tour Tandems. Watching how Egon Bernal on the wheel of Martinez on so many of these Juro climbs, it almost looks like they're on a tandem bike together. Which makes me think, if you were racing on a tandem and you could choose any World Tour rider for a partner, who would you choose? And if World Tour teams had a a tandem tandem up, what pair of riders do you think would be the best together? Thanks. I'll go first on the world tour team partnership and then we'll, and then uh-huh. we'll talk about like who we want to, I would say well, world, we all know who world tour team partnership needs making. to be Peter Sagan and Daniel Oss. Like absolutely. Um, yeah. That'd be the, good. The, the party wagon that, that would, Interesting. I would, I would pay for the Velon live like GoPro feed of that bike, multiple cameras. It'd be fantastic. Would love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be good. That'd be good. I'd take a I'd take like a Mitch Docker Lock Lachlan. Uh, I think it'd be some good com oh. good combos there. Be nice to listen no, to. No race wins in that one, but <laughs> still a, a good conversation. Hey, you know who knows? I mean, I don't know. Sagan and Oss might get a little too distracted partying. You know? No, Oss would be leading them out the whole time. It'd be amazing. Guaranteed <laughs> victories. Who do you got, Spencer? Who Who would you have? Uh man, this is. This is tough. Um, I'm gonna have to think about it. For Would a you second. go with? Um, I, <laughs> was Sammy Dumoulin ever on the same team as that really tall guy from uh, um, Connor? Oh, Dumo- uh, Tom Dumoulin, the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like just like a real opposite. Yeah. <laughs> like if they want a real tandem that looks as like similar to uh, any uh, tandems that I see out on the road here in Orlando, it's like usually a really really big. Um, dude, and then uh, um, partner on the back, uh, yeah. not very yeah, comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I was starting to think of um, if I could use this for good instead of evil mm-hmm. um, and get Buhani on there with somebody else to mend <laughs> some some history oh, yeah. to patch up some things. But there were just too many people to choose from, and I can't decide who so, we should start with. So, like a YouTube series where you put two warning cyclists together, and they have to run, they have to uh-huh. ride a time Actually, trial on a tandem, and 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 you you yeah. hope their competitive drive comes together because 
rather than fight, they want to win no matter what, you know? They have to work together and able oh. to get that victory. Yeah. Actually, so this is like the real world actually, tandem. The real world you're tandem. You're actually onto something here. I don't even okay. think you need to do it um, where they need to work through their problems. I think that well, that's a good, like, challenge, like, for an episode. Yeah. But how have one of these YouTube channels, GCN or um, Prem, uh, not done a tandem interview series like that seems to be the the way to do it right like you yeah microphone up the riders and then the the interviewee is either captain or stoker that could be half the conversation and you just ride Wait. around and, oh. and ask the questions like the, this seems like a no-brainer the interviewer the interviewer would have to be the stoker right so they would be terrified the entire time as the as the world to approach took some ripping yeah. lines down yeah. hills and stuff. Actually, bunny hop i have a feeling this idea is going to be now um, going to be something after this great uh, whiteboard session that we just so, put together. So let's just who, let's just send us a, send ourselves a letter, um, yeah. uh-huh. and uh, patent it with today's pa- paper. Uh, who makes a tandem <laughs> that can m- market this? Because we have like the state is it state bicycles who does the like riding riding fixed up mountains with pros or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know uh-huh. they they make the bikes, so that's where the tie in is. But like, who- got to go co motion right. Co-motion. All right, it, co-motion. That's a good one. I was trying to think of like who makes tandems on on a San, Santana. Some, like they what? used to. Yeah. yeah, they used to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> I think. Yeah. All right. All there goes we'll, our we'll millions get in of touch dollars. With their marketing departments. Co-motion. Yeah. Actually, if people want to just get yeah, just call our marketing department <laughs> when you really want to uh, get that thing on. <laughs> um, these commentators go to twelve. This email comes to us from the aforementioned friend of the podcast, Derek Lewis. In the extended conversation about the best streaming service, I submit to the benefits column of the VPN to official Eurosport subscription, the ability to switch languages. As I've grown Uh weary of Carlton Kirby, I watch Flanders in Dutch, Roubaix in French, and, oh my God, the Giro in Italian. Yesterday, Damiano made it happen, and while the Italian (laughs) commenters are generally animated, I am assumed they dial... Only went to 11. Wrong. There's a whole other level not seen since Alessandro Balan broke away and won the world championships. Here it uh. is. E bada la gente, bada la gente con questo pubblico, con questo pubblico è una forza in più per Damiano, una forza in più, una forza in più, una forza in più, Damiano Caruso, grandissimo, 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 via che siamo all'ultimo chilometro, andiamo, andiamo, andiamo Damiano! Grandissima prova Damiano Caruso, grandissima prova Damiano Caruso, grandissima prova Bernal con Martinez, eh, no. sono rimasti dietro da soli, il primo e il secondo in classifica generale, che emozione questo giro d'Italia! Ti chiuditi la maglietta, scuoti la testa, fai quello che vuoi, Damiano Caruso, il campione sull'Alpe Motta, sull'Alpe Motta, Damiano Caruso da Ragusa! <laughs> that's insane those two parts yeah um here i think that thanks for the submission uh derek and the audio clip but gentlemen i'll go back Incredible to you stuff. what do you think of the um <laughs> the ability to switch languages i actually think this is a pretty good idea because after a while um you do kind of you know you need to mix it up a little bit 
Definitely. I mean, I, That's I, true. I do like watching my cross races uh, in Flemish. Even if I don't know what's going on, you at least get the riders' names. And that's kind of all you need. And then, oh, so I can see the appeal. I wish I knew what was happening in that clip because everything that was happening sounded incredible. I didn't need to, like, you can close your eyes and not know what's happening and get a feeling that you know exactly what's happening. Yeah. I, 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 I think, I think this is a big benefit that maybe, yeah, we did not touch on in the, uh, in the GCN versus VPN versus whatever. Mm hmm. Um, flow bikes, I guess, well, uh, uh, discussion. Speaking of flow bikes, and if you spent that $150 for your annual subscription to flow bikes, um, they are uh-huh. now going to have coverage of Unbound, the large gravel race in Emporia, Kansas. Yeah. Um, gentlemen, are you going to be watching 10 hours? Of, I'm sorry, just apparently the <laughs> two hours of coverage. I felt like they already announced that they were going to do some TV coverage of the expo and then kind of the last like hour or two hmm. the last hour or two okay of a gravel race Could just be yeah. a guy by himself so, is that the good part well that's the thing so i, I was listening to the aforementioned grodio and then reading some articles okay. now the grodio they had recorded before this announcement came but of course this was the big uh this was the big cyclocross magazine april fool's joke from about five years ago that nbc sports was going to cover all 10 hours of dirty cans uh sorry yeah unbound yeah, yeah. Ap- yeah. Apologies if my naming is uh, incorrect. I am working on uh, getting it correct. So it, they were going to do the whole um, unbound um, coverage. But the problem is, would it be exciting to watch? Um, I don't think it would be. be- it's just not um, conducive because less, it's just going to be a time trial on gravel. But they're going to have some... ATVs that are going out on the course to, you know, a crew following the men's leaders, the men's chase group and the women's leaders. And then after the men's, uh, winner comes through, they're going to go back out and find the women's uh, chase group. Okay. So Frankie and Dre on the call. Really? I find it. Okay. Okay. If you're not a cycling fan, um, or if you have a friend who's not a cycling fan and you've ever tried to convince them to watch a bike race, the reaction that they have to a normal bike race, be it Paris-Roubaix or the tour, whatever, the most exciting race ever is kind of how I feel like I am reacting to this news where I'm just like, what? (laughs) No, that's going to be the most boring thing I've ever seen in my, why would I ever want to watch that? Whereas in in my brains, I know that it's difficult that there's so many challenging things that whatever, but I I don't know that it needs to I don't know where the excitement is. Well, I don't know where the story is. I, I I will say this is that Bill at Cyclocross Radio in there or on the Grodio was talking about this that the way to probably do it is just to do the one hundred mile unbound. Like that would mm. be the the focus, right? And there's there's some top racers doing the hundred mile. You know, Stephen Hyde is doing the yeah. hundred. You've got um, Ashton Lambie, uh, former world record holder in the pursuit, doing it. It's so like the hundred mile. You could probably tell the story of you know, of uh, the twenty mile. Yeah. You know, over five hours. Whereas the two hundred, that's going to be a long one. Um, let's let's get into a little bit of the gravel conversation here, um, and just I want to give some shout outs and then right. my predictions. I'm just going to quickly ask. TJ Van Garderen to just 
stop the podcast now and come back next yeah, week. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. The rest of the show isn't yeah. for you. Um, that's that's right. And Spencer, just uh, I know we um, deferred um, our tandem entry possibly to 2020. Um, there are five tandems that have entered the race uh, this year on the start list. Uh, um, well, they won our guaranteed podium. Well, you know, Spencer, I are you crunching the numbers over I'm there? Kind of, <laughs> Is that what's going? I'm on? kind of looking at this. Mm-hmm. I think if we actually worked hard, we could get on the the podium here. Um, well, there's your problem right there. I, yeah, we that would have been the end of a friendship. I think that just everyone on this podcast is happy that we're not uh, doing this together. But <laughs> here we are. Let's get into it on the women's side of the race. Um, Tiffany Cromwell, Rebecca Ferringer, um, Kay Takashita, who won. I don't. I, she hasn't won yet. But she's gotten a couple of uh, top finishes. <laughs> okay. um, overall, I don't know enough. I was uh, listening to Amanda Nauman uh, predict- predictions and whatnot. So I'm just going to go with Rebecca Farringer um, taking the win here on the women's mm. side of things. That's not a super rookie guarantee. Okay. But I will give you a super rookie guarantee. And that's going to be that Amanda Nauman is going to beat legendary endurance rider Lael Wilcox in the Unbound 350 XL. Really? Yeah. I think that All that right. is going to be the upset of the weekend, actually. Sure. Um, Le- okay. Lael is amazing athlete. Fantastic. Everyone should look up Lael Wilcox online and see some of her um, her videos that she's done and also her transcontinental races, multi-day mm-hmm. slaying where she is beating some of the best men in the sport. Um, it is fantastic to see. But I just think Amanda Nauman, um, she she's coming to play. Yeah, yeah. And she's a multi-time yeah, no. uh, Kansas winner. No, I, I think uh, I think you might be onto something there. So um, let me tell you, I'm I'm going to say something here where you guys are going to be a little angry, but maybe I'm doing this for a reason. Okay. Okay. I think un, uh, that Quinn Simmons is actually going to win. Um, oh. Unbound. And I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I, I think, I don't, not to get political. I, and I but. think Boswell is going to get second. And um, I think uh, third is going to be, um, who did I say was going to be third? Uh, Colin Strickland. So I forgot that 10 Dam was even racing. So the, the yeah. apologies on that. So he's probably going to win. But I just have this feeling that despised people on the internet get a lot of power from being despised. And Quinn mm-hmm. Simmons is going to have a lot of fuel in that tank to um, take the victory uh, and, um, you know, do you, win the do first you, edition of Unbound. Do you know this from personal experience? Is that why you know that feeling? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I think that, you know, it definitely <laughs> fuels, the, fuels the tank a little bit. I just... Okay. I just, All right. It's, it appears that he's been... I don't follow him on Strava or anything. I'm just saying that, like, it appears yeah. that he's doing a lot of training. He's fast, I just get yeah. this feeling. Um, I was thinking Payson uh, McKelvey, or the gentleman that won the G3 race in Arkansas, but then he, like, got sick because he went through the the, the chicken stream. Um, yeah, to watch out for those stream crossings. Yeah. Big drama. Yeah, huge. Yummy. A lot of, lot of illness coming from the old uh, splashed 
river water, yeah. creek stream water on the uh, on the water bottles. Um, yeah. So <laughs> downstream. From I'm, the sure old that the, uh, I'm sure that the I'm sure that the the Arkansas Attorney General is all over that one now about checking on the getting the pollution agency out there and checking on those uh, discharge levels from that retaining pond. Yeah, yeah. After yeah. that, um, well, you know, let's let's get you know politics. No, don't have any place I, in bikes. No. Like, there's no reason to bring it. No, up. I want to go on the record uh, and but, say I'm. Know, it doesn't just I'm pro, keep happening. I'm pro mass <laughs> uh, chicken farm. I'm 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 super pro. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, holding, for those of that don't know where we're going on this, is that uh, yeah. a tweet was put out by uh, um, <laughs> Phil Guyman that there is a rumor circulating. Um, he he made it very clear that he's not saying that this is the truth, but he's saying that this is a rumor. That um, you know, yeah. several riders got sick after the gravel race in Arkansas, which featured a creek crossing downstream from a Tyson chicken plant, I believe. Um, oh, weird! Tyson was involved. They think that there's some kind of. They do think that there's a a connection, perhaps, that some of the riders were mm-hmm. um, saying That's on this. So, crazy. all of yeah, it's gonna. It's gonna take the wind out of some sails for well, uh, for Unbound. This is also like this is the most gravel thing possible that can happen, right? It's like oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm coming around in this ten hours of coverage. Actually, now if we can get it's a some, lot of drama, some excitement into this thing, yeah, uh, I have maybe not considered you, all the angles. Do you guys have a um, predictions or anything on on who's gonna win? <laughs> no, no. So no? I, I do now want, <laughs> in the way that we get uh, Euro race coverage, we got the helicopter going over. They 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 go around. And uh-huh. They show you the the old medieval town, and then like the stats come up, and then they go back to the race. Um, I do want that yeah. with some of these gravel races. You know, the helicopter, and then they go over, and they're like, "That is the Tyson plant number seven four three zero four. It has four thousand uh, hen." And uh, and there's the retaining pond. Whoosh, swoop around back to the race. I want that kind of level of coverage brought to the uh, agro uh, farming, uh, okay. you know, region, yeah, the yeah. industrial farming regions of the United States. I uh, yeah, I don't care who wins. I don't care who starts. Who doesn't? Um, I do want Quinn Simmons to flat out of the race at this point. <laughs> I didn't know he was racing because I don't care, um, but. Uh, now I do have a vested interest, and I will watch the 10 hours to see that happen. I um, you also have um, Thomas Decker, um, who could be really? a good good villain. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Baker, who's uh-huh. uh, been throwing down and known to throw a punch or two um, over the years. I think that this could make a great 10-hour <laughs> It, broadcast. I'm ex- I'm excited. I will not. I will watch some because I can't look away. You put a bike race on TV and. Nine uh-huh. times out of ten, yeah. I will tune in for some of it. I can't help myself. So. Do you guys have any predictions on who you think's going to win? Like ten damn, really. like I mean, right? Like it has to be ten damn like that. Ten damn Strickland. won whatever in Texas last week. I know that. I did watch a little like YouTube recap of that race, and he wrote everybody off his wheel. Uh, so, so yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go with that. That sounds legit to me. Now. In, in final uh, part on the gravel is that uh, one of our favorite riders, Jeff Kabush, uh, stirred the pot a little bit on the Twitter again. He's not even, I don't even think he's doing that's, Unbounds. That's yeah, weird. No. I don't think <laughs> yeah. He's doing, yeah, but he does it so tactfully. It's awesome. Um, where uh, he was talking about um, f- like feed zone etiquette at a gravel race, like support stops. So basically, 
you come into the support stop and then you get your water, right? And you find your truck. Uh-huh. But some teams yeah. that have support, you know, they're, they're like handing out musette bags so people can just like grab and go. It's kind of like an alley cat right. in that, you know, there's like a mad dash to get like at some races, they tie like a pipe cleaner to your handlebars. Then they know that you, you got to the checkpoint. Um, uh, okay. So, so at uh. Unbound, you, you come through the, you know, the junior high school parking lot or whatever to get your food. And those leaders probably going to come in a pretty big group at the yeah. beginning there. What do you guys sure. think? Do you think that there should be the detente, like an agreed upon thing? Or is half the fun like stash and go? Like, or, you know, because that tends to benefit the, the teams that have the full support. You know, Team EF showing up with the, you know, helicopter support from um, mm-hmm. the Waltons or I don't, oh, I don't know. And those, I would, those tactical yeah. uh, aero jerseys. Too. I would like to think that yeah. um, it, to, to sort of counteract those big teams with a lot of money to have that fast thing in there they put a minimum time stop, you know, so 30 seconds or something. So whatever, you know, so that like those teams, no matter what, even if the fastest you can do is if you've got a Saunier and they switch out all your bottles and you stand there for a second, um, you have a, a time that's pretty quick, but kind of gives the person who has to actually go over and, and use that giant Gatorade tub from the local high school team time to, to sort of catch up. It's a, this would never fly. Um, it goes against the, the ethos, the spirit of gravel. Yeah, <laughs> just goes against the gravel. the spirit of gravel is that you 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 tricked your uh, your better half to be out in a dusty field, uh, thanklessly <laughs> yeah. helping no. you as you yell at them uh, as they don't transfer your bottles fast enough for this thing that they're like I'm I hate you right now and I'm can you I, can you get a feed on the side of the road. At Unbound? Of course you can. Can you? I, so Is it legal? I yeah, don't know. Well, but. you remember, Spencer, I think you were, maybe you weren't with me, maybe you are next to me one time in in in, uh, in Almanzo here in Minnesota where you were supposed to only feed at the specific zones, and I remember some... The one stop. Yeah, the one yeah. stop, and I remember somebody, like, taking a feed just, like, casually in the group, and I was so ticked off because as you and me, we did not have anybody to feed us so we were waiting till that there was one place you could feed and then there was like a neutral stop and so uh and one of those times we did it we just we diverted off course and went into a town and went to the library because we were out of water and we were like dropped out of the lead group (laughs) i think we got dq'd no, no, that was that's acceptable. Uh, I mean, so the first year me and Spencer did it. It's the spirit of gravel. We man. tried. Got to be resourceful. We tried to hang and 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 chase back on, that's and we ran out of water, and we just kept chasing. We ran out of water, and somewhere around mile fifty, shortly after the time we could have turned off for water, we cracked super hard, and really, we really were hard. in a lot of pain. I don't. That was really bad. So the next year, when we'd already popped off the lead group at that mile, like right before mile 40, we were like, well, you know what we're doing? We're going into town. We're going to fill up our bottles. We're going to spend 10 minutes, and we're still going to finish better than we did last year. And I guarantee we finished better placing, and we weren't like ready to die at the end of it. At least an hour better than we we tried to muscle through, right? So like – yeah. It pays to There's go slow. There's a strategy to the gravel race. Yeah, you got to pace yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Water's important, it turns out. So, it's um, surprisingly dusty on those <laughs> gravel roads. You go through the water pretty quick. Uh, um, well, yeah, I think I think that'll also pay to uh, the detriment of 
inexperienced gravel racers like old QS, QAnon, Simmons, um, <laughs> you know, and I, I think it'll not play well for them. I think, I think we'll see the, uh, the 10 dams and yeah. the, the Ted Kings and the, uh, the Boswells of the world, uh, do continue well, to do well. And the Amanda yeah, Nomans. Well, we will definitely field. be, it's it nice. is a stacked field. It's ridiculous. It's pretty crazy What's amazing, how strong the Where's education first? I don't know, man. Maybe they they don't have the budget this year to send Lockie over. Maybe he's maybe he's gonna sl- show up at the last minute. It's like no longer cool. They're like, oh, we did that already. <laughs> you know. Maybe it's just a supply no. chain problem, and Rafa Rafa doesn't have any of those uh, tech T-shirts. You know, I'm like yeah, what are you yeah. gonna do? What are you gonna do? You know. And with that. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you can become a member and a supporter of the Wide Angle Podium Network. We'd like to thank Buckler Skincare for their continued support with their amazing Wide Angle Podium Miracle Wap Chamois Cream. Check it out at BucklerSkincare.com and our good friends at Grimper Brothers for their continued support by going to WideAnglePodium.com slash coffee where you can get two exclusive coffee brand blends that directly support the network and with that this is tim in orlando this is matt tour time allen in minneapolis and this is spencer say it and so how in boston massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road the slow ride podcast bikes advice and rumors straight from the source theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at theslowridepod. Si chiudi di la maglietta, scuoti la testa, fai quello che vuoi, Damiano Caruso, il campione sull'Alpe Motta, sull'Alpe Motta, Damiano Caruso, Terragusa! Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast. And we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours. The Grodio Podcast.